0: Message Length by Zach underscore M underscore Davis. Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is Message Length, published by Zach underscore M underscore Davis on the AI Alignment Forum. Someone is broadcasting a stream of bits. You don't know why. A 500 bits long sample looks like this. Oh, one, one, oh, oh, one, one, oh, 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 oh qui vigenillian 100 111 tre 101 vigintillion, 101 vigentillion, 111 novum 10 Octodicillion 100 septendecillion, 100 sex 101 quindecillion, 10 Quatuor 10 Tre decilian 101 duodecillion, 10 um decillion, 101 decillion, 10 octilian 100 101 quintillion 10 quadrillion 11 trillion 111 billion 111 million and ten thousand one hundred one. Oh one oh one oh one oh one oh one 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 oh one oh one oh one one oh one oh one oh one 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 oh 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 one 11 Quinvigillian, 100 Quadro 1 vigenillian, 111 novum decillion, 101 Octodicillion 10 Septendicillion 110 sextacillian, 101 quidacillian, 10 quad 101 treedacillian, 1 duodacillian, 10 undcillian, 101 decillian, 101, decillion, 101 nonillion, 10 octilian, 111 quintillion, 1 quadrillion, 100 trillion, 100 trillion 1 billion, 100 million, 11 qui 111 quadr vigenillian 111 trevigenillian 111 duo vigenillian 111 in vigenillian 111 vigenllion 100 novum Decillion 11 octodacillian one Septendicillion 11 sextacilian 10 Quindicillion 11 quadr decilian 10 tree decilian 101 Duodicillion 10 und decillian 101 decilian 100 noillilian 10 septillilian 101 sextilian 11 quintillion 101 quadrillion 101 trillion 10 billion 10 million 110,011. 11 Quin 1 111 Quattuor <04d1> 100 mid- 10 Tre 111 Duo Vigentilian, 101 Un 110 Vigentilian, 100 Novum 10 Octo 101 Septendicillian, 10 Sextacillian, 111 Quindicillian, 1 Quattuor Decillian, 111 Tree Decilian 10 Duodicillian, 1 Un 101 Decillian, 101 Nonillian, 10 octilian 101 Septillian, 101 Sextilian 11 101 Trillion, 100 Billion, 10 quintillion, 11 quadrillion, 1 trillion, 101 billion, 10 million, 101,111. The thought occurs to you to do science to it, to ponder if there's some way you could better predict what bits are going to come next. At first, you think you can. It's just a bunch of random bits. You can't predict it, because that's what random means. Or does it? True, if the sequence represented flips of a fair coin, every flip independently landing either 0 or 1 with exactly equal probability then there would be no way you could predict what would come next, any continuation you could posit would be exactly as probable as any other. But if the sequence represented flips of a biased coin, if, say, 1 came up 0.55 of the time instead of exactly 0.5 then it would be possible to predict better or worse. Your best bet for the next bit in isolation would always be 1, and you would more strongly anticipate sequences with slightly more 1s than 0s. You count 265 1s in the sample of 500 bits. Given the hypothesis that the bits were generated by a fair coin, the number of ones, or without loss of generality, zeros, would be given by the binomial distribution. 500. K. 0.5. K. 0.5. 500. Minus. K. Which has a standard deviation of. 500. 0.5. 2. 125. 11.18. So your observation of 265. Minus. 250. 15. Excess ones is about. 15. 11.18. 1.34. Standard deviations from the mean, well within the realm of plausibility of happening by chance, although you're at least slightly suspicious that the coin behind these bits might not be quite fair. That is, if it's even a coin. You love talking in terms of shiny, if hypothetical, coins rather than stodgy old independent and identically distributed binary-valued random variables, but looking at the sample again, you begin to further doubt whether the bits are independent of each other. You've heard that humans are biased to overestimate the frequency of alternations, 101,010, and underestimate the frequency of consecutive runs, 11111 000, 000, in 11, 11, truly, uniformly, random data, but the 500-bit sample contains a run of 13 zeros, starting at position 243 and a run of 19 ones starting at position 319 you're not immediately sure how to calculate the probability of that but your gut says that should be very unlikely given the biased coin model even after taking into account that human guts aren't very good at estimating these things maybe not everything in the universe is a coin what if the bits were being generated by a markov chain if the probability of the next bit depended on the value of the one just before if a zero made the next bit more likely to be a zero and the same for 1, that would make the 0000 and 11111 runs less improbable. Except, the sample also has a run of 17 alternations, starting at position 153. On the fair coin model, shouldn't that itself be 2. 17. Minus, 13. 16. Times as suspicious as the run of 13 zeros and 2. 17. Minus, 19. 1. 4. As suspicious as the run of 19 ones, which led you to hypothesize a Markov chain, or rather, eight and one, eight times as suspicious, respectively, because there are two ways for an alternation to occur: 0101010 or 1,010,101. A Markov chain in which a zero or one makes another of the same more likely makes alternations less likely the Markov chain hypothesis can only make the consecutive runs look less surprising at the expense of making the run of alternations look more surprising. So maybe it's all just a coincidence, the broadcast is random, whatever that means, and you're just app-enically pattern matching on noise. Unless. Could it be that some things in the universe are neither coins nor Markov chains? You don't know who is broadcasting these bits or why, you called it random because you didn't see any obvious pattern, but now that you think about it, it would be pretty weird for someone to just be broadcasting random bits. Probably the broadcast is something like a movie or a stock ticker, if a close-up sample of the individual bits looks random, that's only because you don't know the codec. Trying to guess a video codec is obviously impossible. Does that kill all hope of being able to better predict future bits? Maybe not. Even if you don't know what the broadcast is really for, there might be some non-trivial local structure to it, where bits are statistically related to the bits nearby, Like how a dumb encoding of a video might have consecutive runs of the same bit pattern where a large portion of a frame is the same color, like the sky. Local structure, where bits are statistically related to the bits nearby, kind of like a Markov chain, except in a Markov chain the probability of the next state only depends on the one immediately before, which is a pretty narrow notion of nearby. To broaden that, you could imagine the bits are being generated by a higher order Markov chain where the probability of the next bit depends on the previous n bits for some specific value of n. And that's how you can explain mysteriously frequent consecutive runs and alternations. If the last two bits being 1, respectively 10, makes it more likely for the next bit to be 0, respectively 1, and the last two bits being 0, respectively 11, makes it more likely for the next bit to be 0, respectively 1, then you would be more likely to see both long 0000 or 1111 consecutive runs in 01010 alternations. A biased coin is just an NTH order Markov chain where n equals 0. An NTH order Markov chain where n greater than 1, is just a first order Markov chain where each state is a tuple of bits, rather than a single bit. Everything in the universe is a Markov chain. With respect to the models you've considered so far. The bits are being generated by a Markov chain of some order is a theory, but a pretty broad one. To make it concrete enough to test, you need to posit some specific order n, and, given n, specific parameters for the next bit given previous n probabilities. The n equals 0 coin has one parameter, the bias of the coin, the probability of the next bit being 0. Or without loss of generality 1, we just need one parameter p to specify the probability of one of the two possibilities, and then the probability of the other will be 1 minus p. The n equals 1 ordinary Markov chain has two parameters, the probability of the next bit being, without loss of generality, 0 given that the last bit was a 0, and the probability of the next bit being, without loss of, 0 given that the last bit was a 1. The n equals 2 seconds order Markov chain has four parameters, the probability of the next bit being, without loss, zero given that the last two bits were 00, the probability of the next bit being, without, zero given that the last two bits were one the probability of the next bit being. Enough. You get it. The NTH order Markov chain has. 2. N. Parameters. Okay, but then how do you guess the parameters? For the N equals zero coin, your best guess at the frequency of zero parameter is going to just be the frequency of zeros you've observed. Your best guess could easily be wrong, and probably is, just because you observe 235 500 equals 0.47 zeros, doesn't mean the parameter is 0.47, it's probably somewhat lower or higher, and your sample got more or fewer zeros than average just by chance. But positing that the observed frequency is the actual parameter is the maximum likelihood estimate, the single value that most makes the data look normal. For n greater than or equal to one, it's the same idea, Your best guess for the frequency of 0 after 0 parameter is just the frequency of 0 being the next bit, among all the places where 0 was the last bit, and so on. You can write a program that takes the data and a degree n, and computes the maximum likelihood estimate for the nth order Markov chain that might have produced that data. Just slide an n plus 1 bit window over the data, and keep a tally of the frequencies of the plus 1 last bit, for each of the 2 n possible n-bit patterns. In the Rust programming language, that looks like following. Where the representation of our final theory is output as a map, hash map, from n plus 1 bit patterns to frequencies parameter values, stored as a 32-bit floating point number, f32. fn maximum underscore likelihood underscore estimate data, and bit, degree, u size, greater than hash map less than vec bit bit, f32 greater than. Let moot theory equals hash map colon with underscore capacity to u size dot pow degree is u32 slash slash cartesian product. For example, if degree 2, 0, oh, 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 1, 10, 11. Let patterns equals bit underscore product degree. For pattern in patterns. Let moot 0 underscore continuations equals 0. Let moot 1 underscore continuations equals 0. For window in data dot windows degree plus 1. Let prefix tail equals window dot split underscore at degree. Let next equals tail 0. If prefix equals equals pattern. Match next. 0 equals greater than. 0 underscore continuations plus equals 1. 1 equals greater than. 1 underscore continuations plus equals 1. Let continuations equals 0 underscore continuations plus 1 underscore continuations. Theory dot insert. Pattern dot clone 0. 0 underscore continuations as f32. Continuations as f32. Theory. Dot insert. Pattern dot clone 1. 1 underscore continuations is f32, continuations is f32. Theory. Now that you have the best theory for each particular n, you can compare how well each of them predict the data. For example, according to n equals 0 coin model with maximum likelihood parameter p equals 0.47, the probability of your 500-bit sample is about 0.00000000000000000000... 0.00000000000000000000... Close, 0 0135. Ah, the tiny probability makes sense. There's a lot of randomness in five hundred flips of a biased coin, even if you know the bias. The probability of any particular five hundred flip sequence is going to be tiny, but a number that tiny is kind of unwieldy to work with. You'd almost rather just count the zeros and ignore the specific digits afterwards. But counting the zeros is just taking the logarithm well, the negative logarithm in the case of zeros after the decimal point. Better make the log base do it's thematic. Call this measurement the log loss. fn log underscore loss theory and hash map less than vec bit bit f32 greater than data and bit greater than f32. moot total equals 0. Let degree equals log 2 theory dot keys count 1. For window in data dot windows degree plus 1. Let prefix tail equals window dot split underscore at degree. Let next equals tail 0. Total plus equals theory. Dot .get and prefix.to underscore vec, next. Dot expect theory should have param value for prefix and continuation. .log2. Total. Now you can compare different theories to see which order of Markov chain is the best theory to fit your 500-bit sample, right? For hypothesized underscore degree and 0, 15. Let theory equals maximum underscore likelihood underscore estimate and data, hypothesized underscore degree. Print on. th order theory, fit equals, Hypothesized underscore degree. Log underscore loss and theory, and data. Zeroth order theory, fit equals 498.69882. First order theory, fit equals 483.86075. Second order theory, fit equals 459.01752. Third order theory, fit equals 438.90198. Fourth order theory, fit equals 435.9401. Fifth order theory, fit equals 425.77222. Sixth order theory, fit equals 404.2693. Seventh order theory, fit equals 344.68494. Eighth order theory, fit equals 270.51175. Ninth order theory, fit equals 199.88765. Tenth order theory, fit equals 147.10117. Eleventh-order theory, FIT equals 107.72962. Twelfth-order theory, FIT equals 79.99724. Thirteenth-order theory, FIT equals 57.16126. Fourteenth-order theory, FIT equals 33.409912. There's a problem. Higher choices of N monotonically achieve a better FIT. You got the idea of higher order Markov chains because the idea of a biased coin didn't seem adequate to explain the consecutive and alternating runs you saw, but you somehow have trouble believing that the bit stream was generated by a 15th order Markov chain with a completely separate probability for the next bit for each of the 2 15 equals 32768 prefixes 0000000000000000 o o o o o o o o and c having had the higher order markov chain idea are you now obligated to set an as large as possible what would that even mean in retrospect the problem should have been obvious from the start Using your sample data to choose maximum likelihood parameters, and then using the model with those parameters to predict the same data puts you in the position of the vaunted sharpshooter who paints a target around a clump of bullet holes after firing wildly at the broadside of a barn. Higher values of n are like a thinner paintbrush or a squigglier, more gerrymandered painting of a target. Higher order Markov chains are strictly more expressive than lower order ones. The zeroth order coin is just a first order Markov chain where the next bit after 0 and next bit after 1 parameters just happen to be the same. The first order Markov chain is just a second order chain where the next bit after 00 and next bit after 10 parameters happen to be the same, as well as the next bit after 01 and, enough. You get it. The broadcast is ongoing, you're not limited to the particular 500 bit sample you've been playing with. If the worry were just that the higher order models will, somehow, you intuit, fail to predict future data, you could use different samples for estimating parameters and validating the resulting models, but you think you're suffering from some more fundamental confusion, one that's probably not limited to Markov chains in particular. Your working concept of what it means for a theory to fit the data, is for it to maximize the probability with which the theory predicts the data. This is an objective, quantitative measurement. Okay, the log loss is taking the negative logarithm of that to avoid so many zeros after the decimal point but minimizing the log loss and maximizing the probability are both expressing the same preference on theories how do you know and your gut says that you know that the higher order models will do badly on future data if your objective criterion of model goodness says they're better the log loss always wants to you to choose ever more complex models you ask what would that even mean but maybe it doesn't have to be a rhetorical question what would that even mean well in the limit you could choose a theory that assigns probability 1 to the observed data the too many zeros, avoid working with really tiny numbers justification for taking the negative log doesn't really apply here, but for consistency with your earlier results, you dutifully note that the logarithm of 1 is 0. But maybe too many zeros isn't the only good motivation for taking the logarithm. Intelligence's prediction is compression. The log loss of a model against the data can be interpreted as the expected number of bits you would need to describe the data, given the optimal code implied by your model. In order to communicate a reduction in your uncertainty, you need to send a signal, something you can choose to vary in response to the reality of the data. A signal you can vary to take two possible states, can distinguish between two sets among which you've divided the remaining possibilities. Writing down a bit means having your uncertainty. On this interpretation, what the logarithm of probability 1 being 0 means is that if your theory predicted the exact outcome with certainty, then once you stated the theory, you wouldn't have to say anything more in order to describe the data, you would just know with zero further bits. Once you stated the theory, a theory implies an optimally efficient coding by which further bits can whittle down the space of possibilities to the data that actually happened. More complicated or unlikely data requires more bits just to specify, to single out that one outcome amongst the vastness of equally remote alternatives. But the same thing goes for theories. Given a particular precision to which parameters are specified, there are exponentially more Markov chains of higher degrees, which can continue to drive down the log loss, but not faster than their own probability decreases. You need exponentially more data just to learn the parameters of a higher-order model. If you don't have that much data, enough to pin down the 2. N. parameters that single out this particular higher-order Markov chain amongst the vastness of equally remote alternatives, then your maximum likelihood best guess is not going to be very good on future data, For the same reason you can't expect to correctly guess that a biased coin has a probability of landing heads of exactly 0.23 if you've only seen it flipped twice. If you do have enough data to learn a more complex model, but the data was actually generated by a simpler model, then the parameters of the complex model will approximately take the settings that produce the same behavior as the simpler model, like a second-order Markov chain for which the bit following 01 parameter happens to take the same value as the bit following 11 parameter. And if you're deciding what theory to prefer based on both fit and complexity, the more complex model won't be able to pay for its increased complexity with its own predictions. Now that you know what's going on, you can modify your code to penalize more complex models. Since the parameters in your implementation are 32-bit floats, you assign a complexity cost of 32 to n bits to NTH order Markov chains, and look at the sum of fit, log loss, and complexity. Trying out your code again on a larger sample of 10,000 bits from the broadcast. For hypothesized underscore degree in 0, 10. Let theory equals maximum underscore likelihood underscore estimate and data, hypothesized underscore degree. Let fit equals log underscore loss in theory, and data. Let complexity equals 2f32.pow hypothesized underscore degree as i32, 32, 32. Print on. Th order theory, fit equals, complexity equals, total equals hypothesized underscore degree fit complexity fit plus complexity zeroth order theory fit equals 9970.838 complexity equals 32 total equals 10000 first order theory fit equals 9677.269 complexity equals 64 total equals 9741.269 second order theory fit equals 9111.029 complexity equals 128, total equals 9239.029. Third order theory, fit equals 8,646.953, complexity equals 256, total equals 8,902.953. Fourth order theory, fit equals 8,638.786, complexity equals 512, total equals 9,150.786. Fifth order theory, FIT equals 8627.224, complexity equals 1024, total equals 9651.224. Sixth order theory, FIT equals 8610.54, complexity equals 2048, total equals 10658.54. Seventh order theory, FIT equals 8562.568, complexity equals 4096, total equals 12,658.568. Eighth order theory, fit equals 8,470.953, complexity equals 8,192, total equals 16,662.953. Ninth order theory, fit equals 8,262.546, complexity equals 16,384, total equals 24,646.547 reveals a clear preference for the third-order theory, that for which the fit plus complexity score is the lowest, allowing you to enjoy the huge 450 plus bit leap in compression prediction from n, equals 2 to 3 and logically stop there, the steepness of the ascent into the madness of arbitrary complexity successfully dissuading you from chasing after diminishing returns, which you suspect are only hallucinatory. That's the power packed by parsimony, the sublime simplicity of science. Full source code. Thanks for listening.